With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, hello and welcome to another edition of the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford and Kofi Hemingway here for tonight's episode. Uh, third member of the team, Calvin Roser, is off on special assignment. Uh, joining him a little bit later in the show will be uh, Marcus Green, kind of filling in in that role uh, as, as the third member of the team. As we get into a lot of things, we are the only show that talks about FAMU athletics, good, bad, and indifferent. And uh, that's what we do. We keep it honest. We keep it real uh, from we are Rattlers. But more importantly, uh, we we are here to kind of just kind of update folks on things as we see them happening over the course of the week. Uh, a lot of things going on in uh, FAMU athletics from the past week. Not all of it has been good. So yes, we have to talk about it. And, uh, but there'll be brighter days ahead. We got some good news and some good things to talk about here in today's show. Uh, Before we get going, I want to remind you to uh, make sure if you're watching us on YouTube, that first off, you go ahead and hit that like button for us. Make sure to go ahead and subscribe to that Jericho broadcast networks. Um, page and then also if you're watching us on facebook we appreciate you hit that like button like share and uh forward this show to a rattler as well we're on the black college sports network follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at ong strike zone and you can download the jericho broadcast on the google and apple play store just search my jbn or my BCSN. If you want to send us an email, ongstrikezone at gmail.com. Kofi, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right, my brother. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Blessed. Uh, Good. Even, even in the dark, even in the dark clouds are hanging over us, Kofi. We what gotta, dark what? clouds we got, are you we talking got, about? Yeah, well, okay. The dark clouds that you don't want to talk about. That's what I'm talking about. What, what but, dark you know, clouds are you talking about? Because I know we're not talking about them dark clouds. We ain't talking about them dark clouds. <laughs> I know you don't want to talk about it, but All there's right. a lot of people I want to talk about it. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. <laughs> hey, um, coming up on the show, uh, some big news took place over the past week. Last week, Florida A&M Athletics partnered with Twitter 
to pilot the first HBCU Twitter community, FAMU Rattlers. Now, we know this thing's been going on for a while. Hashtag FAMU Twitter is, uh, is a thing. I mean, that sort of has been sort of a the, the pseudo community that uh, if you had something you wanted to put out there and you wanted Rattlers to see it or you wanted a special attention call to it, uh, you would go hashtag FAMU Twitter. Well, uh, FAMU partnered with Twitter uh, in this case. Uh, reading a quote from Courtney Gaucher, uh, Vice President and Director of Athletics, we're really excited about increasing the digital footprint of our athletic program and changing the game as the first HBCU to launch a Twitter community. We need all Rattlers to join for exclusive drops, promotions, and news. Uh, the Rattlers community will be a place where student athletes, fans, students, and alumni can interact directly while being the first to gain exclusive access to FAMU Athletics' major news and releases. Um, so, of course, you know, by my count, uh, as I'm just looking on the community right this moment, there are over uh, 1.8 thousand members that have joined over the past, uh, not even a full week. It's probably been about five or six days. And so we are fortunate enough, we're going to have coming up here, and, I, and uh, if our producer, if he's here with us, one of the uh, one of the people responsible for making this happen is a Rattler, uh, by the way, of uh, Evan Galloway. And, and joining us right there, uh, we have Mr. Galloway. Rattler, how you doing, Evan? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and so Evan Evan Galloway uh, is uh, on on Twitter. Of course, actually, he works for Twitter, which uh, which is kind of cool. And we'll kind of get into that in a second. Um, Evan, why don't you let's start by kind of just getting into a little bit of your background. You know, when were you at FAMU? Uh, I know you were a a, a, um, a uh, a master's uh, a business major, I believe, out of SBI is what I saw. Um, so give us a little bit of your background, how long you were at FAMU, some of the things that you were involved in while you were on the Hill. Sure, sure. So uh, thank you guys for having me. Really excited to be here. Uh, I guess I should do it correctly. I am Evan Galloway, a spring 2016 MBA grad from the School of Business and Industry from Northtown, Pennsylvania. Um, started at FAMU in the fall of 2011. While I was there, I was active in SBI and kind of the recruiting and, and tours. Um, Alpha Kappa Psi, the professional business fraternity, active in A. I'm a proud member of the Bay New Chapter of Alpha by Alpha Fraternity. And actually, my first, I guess you could call it internship, was working with Angela Suggs and her team in the Flex Marketing Department. So, uh, been doing a lot of this stuff since 2011 uh, and like I said really happy to be here today so you uh, so you came out of uh, SBI or came out of FAMU 2016 um, and I, I well I, I won't go into my we, we were there a long time ago so we'll just keep it at that but, <laughs> but I'm that uh, when that five-year program was getting started in SBI I'm an SBI business admin major and that was one of my big regrets i should have stuck around for another year to uh to be in that uh, one of those inaugural classes but i had been there a while so it was time for me to go but anyway that's enough about me uh for you as you as you left famu 
in 2016. What kind of job opportunities did you have in place? And, and kind of give us, how did you find your way into working with Twitter at Twitter.com or Twitter offices, Twitter Inc.? Sure, sure. So I started uh, upon graduation with PepsiCo. They're pretty sure still a big partner with FAMU. So they had come to the career fair that previous September and recruited and, and all of those things. So started there, um, you know, moved to Chicago with them, did a few rotations. Then from PepsiCo, I moved to Campbell Soup. Uh, from Campbell Soup is where I made my first move into digital, where I went to Facebook. And then most recently from Facebook to Twitter. Uh, all in some varying form of sales, marketing, account management, something along those lines, but, you know, very different places at each stop. Yeah, definitely. Um, t- tell us a little something about, uh, and and all the while, as you're thinking about, you know, HBCs and you're thinking about FAMU, let people know maybe something that we might not know about you know, you said you were at Facebook and, and then you moved over to Twitter. Let us let us know, let folks know something that, uh, about the digital world uh, as it relates to HBCUs and how active are uh, HBCU students, how active are African-Americans within the digital space? Oh, very active. I mean, from an HBCU standpoint, you, you know, you can look at the stats um, and, and see that, you know, some HBCU athletic departments or just HBCU pages are some of the most active on a lot of platforms, not just, you know, the one I currently work for. Uh, as a whole, the Black consumer, the Black um, the black engager on any platform is usually the driver of success for that platform. Uh, our culture is always the kind of the beacon and the North Star for a lot of the other things that happen elsewhere, even if we don't always get the credit. So there's there's definitely a lot of momentum there for sure. Kofi, jump in there if you would. Okay, so here's my million dollar question. Um, okay. Why is the the Twitter community, or how is it financially beneficial to FAMU to have this community? What is the importance of everybody really joining in and working together collaboratively? As far as financial benefit, there's nothing directly tied to it. What the Twitter community is, is it's a, a product that Twitter is rolling out and piloting and it's you know not currently fully available to, to everybody. But myself and the group of rappers at Twitter wanted to make sure that we were able to give back to our HBC. We're a college of first. So we wanted to make sure that, okay, well, when you're looking to do these things, my school should be involved in it or whatever it is. So there's no direct financial gain from it. But I do know from the fact that us having a direct space to talk to rattlers, both, you know, present and alumni, um, it allows for opportunity. So it really depends on how whoever is selling it wants to pitch that opportunity, I guess. Uh, but we're we're doing this from a purely organic standpoint. And that's cool, man. So has there been, uh, what has been the reaction? Has there been a lot of other HBCUs that are looking to establish their Twitter communities as a result? I would say there's been, a, uh, I would say there's a lot of, surprise and and maybe even a little a little jealousy um you know how did fam you get this you know how it goes um i'm definitely sure that especially as this product rolls out widely that there will be other hbcus that that create them and our team here would be more than happy to to help facilitate that as well i mean we're, we're definitely family first 
But our, our goal is to push everyone forward and let everyone as we find we look forward to the opportunity. So cool, man. Evan, take us. I'm sorry, go ahead, Kof. No, no, no. So take us like when and let's say like uh I wanna say uh a, a one year goal, a three year goal, and then a five year goal with this community. How do you foresee it impacting Rattler Nation? Okay, okay. So before I go any further, I have to shout out the other Rattlers who helped make this possible. Uh, Sheldon Lewis, Chelsea Cartwright, and, and Wu Bradley. Um, very instrumental. All of us play kind of a different role in making sure that it happens. Uh, and then also have to shout out the athletic department. Working with Courtney and, and Josh, his, uh, his director of communications, um, they leaned into every idea that we had. So this would not be possible without their partnership, and we're extremely grateful for it. As far as what the goal is in one, three, and five years, really the goal is just to see the community grow. Um, it's not just a place for, you know, athletic updates or FAMU1887 updates from that account. It's really a place for us. So if we want to talk about the Florida Classic coming up, cool. If some out about HBCUs, I know uh, uh, VP Kamala Harris uh, recently announced something about with the bomb threats and how though you know HBCUs can benefit from funding available for that. If we want to talk about that, that is what the space is for. It's really kind of our designated, and I kind of hate this term, but it's our designated safe space where we know we're talking to to like-minded members. So over the next one year, three years, five years, uh, the the goal is really just to grow. As Twitter specifically grows, we'd love to make sure that the community members are active and engaged with some of those other opportunities. Uh, whether it be spaces or anything else along that along those lines, but really the main point is just making sure we have a space for us. Thank you, man. Mm-hmm. No problem. I go back and find out a little bit more about that you and that team of rattlers that that helped get this off the ground, and and maybe if you can take us back to those early planning meetings. How uh, you know how did this come about? of you guys getting together and saying, hey, let's, this sounds like a project that's, uh, that our school would be perfect for. Uh, give us, maybe take us behind the scenes of how the, it all came to be. Sure, sure. So <laughs> I don't want to give away uh, too much because I don't know what sure, I Sure, what, what you can't give say. away. Don't give out, don't give out <laughs> the whole rest of it. Um, I would say, honestly, the biggest catalyst would be Sheldon Lewis, again, a, a, another Rattler. Uh, he had the idea, he was working with some people on the community's team, that, you know, it'd be a, a good idea for a, a college to possibly get involved in this. Um, you, we know that college fan bases and alumni bases are, are very strong and fervent in their belief for whatever the cause is. So, you know, Sheldon used his influential and in, in position to kind of you know maneuver for FAMU to be in, in the area. Um, and then he brought myself, uh, as I said, Wu and Chelsea along. And then that's where kind of just a lot of the pieces fell into place. The, the biggest key I would say is a actual random meeting uh, with, with Courtney. I was, happened to be in New Orleans for a wedding and was walking along the street and Courtney was there. I believe the baseball team was in town for uh, a game. Uh, briefly introduced myself, told them kind of a rough idea of what we have been thinking of, set up a meeting that next week, and then, you know, the rest is history. Like I said, athletics really leaned into it. 
Uh, and, and from there, you've seen it grow. I believe you mentioned the community just launched on Friday and we're already at close to 1,887 members. All right. Yes, indeed, indeed, right. 1887. Right. That, that's good. Yes. Right, it's good growth, good growth. <laughs> um, did did uh did, were you on the yard with any of your other uh peers, your colleagues? It sounds like Sheldon might have been a few years ahead of you guys. Uh, but in terms of the other members, had any of you guys at Fam? Yes, yeah, so actually, we we were all at Fam roughly at the at the same time. Uh, I I believe you know maybe the oldest member may be about two years before me, so maybe Fam U class. Of, or came into family in 2009. So, I mean, we're all roughly in the same same age range. Okay, okay, that's nice. So so all of you definitely had similar similar experiences around the same time frame. That that's that's awesome. Um so yeah. I I I want to I I've kind of I've I've enjoyed the Twitter platform since its infancy. Well, since I started paying attention to it back in like 0809. Um, and, and I first saw what it could become, especially as a marketing tool, at least how I saw news stations using it early on and then the way you can connect with people. But I know, so with, with the communities, um, there's so many different ways that Twitter is trying to connect people. Like for example, through the use of hashtags, which allows people to search. I mean, so as we think about how Rattlers can connect with each other faster, you know, and I, I mentioned earlier in the past, if you wanted to send something out and draw attention, you might go hashtag FAMU Twitter. And then that way, you know, you know, if you want to do a search with FAMU Twitter, well, then you're going to find all kinds of stuff. Um, talk a little bit about communities maybe separate from some of the other uh, ventures or the other means of connecting um, that is at Twitter. Sure. I mean, I think the the biggest benefit of communities is that they learn one step in that process. Like you said, you know, if you wanted to talk to FAMU Twitter, you might have to search the hashtag FAMU Twitter. Um, but then, you know, maybe it's something like Black Twitter where there's not really a hashtag for it. You just kind of have to be in it or something like that. Like, how do you find something like that? So with communities, it, it eliminates that step. You want to talk to FAMU Rappers? Well, there's the FAMU community. It's that simple. And as it relates to the demographics, are you finding um, how, what it, what is your research telling you with communities in in the demographics? Because we we know that uh, uh, you know students may be engaging differently than alums, uh, than even second generation alums. Um, you know what what's what's the research show you uh, so far as, as best as you can maybe share with uh, which which groups seem to be connecting fastest or um, most easiest with uh, the communities? Sure. So I don't have any um, official information, but anecdotally, I've noticed a lot of FAMU 24, FAMU 25, which really makes me feel old just kind of looking at it because I was FAMU 15. But, um, right. you know, so I've, I've seen a, a large old. influx of... <laughs> <laughs> a large influx of those joining the group. And I know we're going to do more official research and kind of look at the demographic breakdown, things to understand how are we interacting, who interacts the most, and 
and learn a bit from from that standpoint. Uh, but really, it's just been very cool to see rattlers of all ages be able to, you know, be in one place. Right now, we're in that early phase where everyone's introducing themselves, posting their best familia, whatever you know it may be. But you know, I'm really excited for where this community could go in the future, especially with the partnerships that we have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kofi, jump in there with uh with a last few questions there for Evan. Well, man, I'm excited, man. I think obviously football season is going to be rambunctious uh, as we uh, look to, you know, just really develop more momentum going into the fall. Um, I'm just looking at, you know, just the number of different opportunities. I think that, you know, just uh, creatively speaking, this is an excellent platform. I think that FAMU Twitter, Rattler Twitter has been uh, pretty active. <laughs> um from way back in the day, once we get going on something or we follow something, we really become active. Um, do you all have any plans to join us? I want to say during the uh, the FAMU alumni convention. Uh, remind me, when is that the alumni convention? Uh, that's in July. It's going to be in Tallahassee, Florida. I, I mean, I think that'd be a perfect time for, for us to join. And especially with you know, some of the things we have coming down the pipeline, um, you know, it'd be great to come back and kind of speak more on, on that and speak more about the opportunities that we're hoping are available and, and kind of maybe even break some news if, if we can. So we'd more than happy to, to jump back in. Any chance we get to speak to Rattlers is always a good chance. Absolutely. So I was looking because uh, I think before that, we've got Be Out Day, um, that's coming up. We've got the spring game. Uh, we got Be Out Day Atlanta, Be Out Day Miami, Be Out Day Jacksonville. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of opportunity. Hey, we love Be Out, man. We, you know how we do. We love I'm to old be enough out. to remember the original. Hey, the original <laughs> Be Out, but it, we couldn't get enough. Ooh. So the Tallahassee Be Out was not enough. You know, the fam, you. No, be Out was not enough. So we had to, you know, the Atlanta Be Out people, the Miami Be Out. You got Jacksonville be out. So, I mean, that's a, that's a number of different opportunities for us to really be able to connect. But, I, I you know, just personally speaking, I want to see how our engagement can translate into, you know, just understanding the monetary value of Rattler Nation so that we can really capitalize on it. I think when we develop that momentum, um, you know, we're developing that momentum for a reason, you know, and, and Rattler Nation has proven to have tremendous value financially. I mean, we had over a $30 million impact in Orlando during the Florida Classic um, and homecoming is $55 million um, in the Tallahassee area. So, you know, I think that the sky's really the limit for us if we're able to really push together, cooperate and collaborate and make some things happen. And yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I think that having something like the community or the presence that we have on social as a whole, and I know there are rattlers at, at some of the other platforms as well, but I think our, our presence on, on social platforms is just another you know, asset for us to, to use um, as we kind of quantify that full impact that we have. Well, cool, man. Thank you so much for joining us, man. You've been a visionary leader. And, you know, when you're pioneering and everything, that's that's awesome stuff when you're breaking up ground, man. So this is more important than we probably even realize right now. So I'm grateful for you. And thank you for joining us. 
Man, thank you guys that's for what having me. <laughs> thank you for having me. I look forward to talking to you guys soon, man. Thank you. Hey, Evan, before before we let you go, real quick, if if you can give, you know, it's not all the time that we get somebody from, you know, Twitter uh, that, that you're behind the scenes. Give the people before you leave maybe a pro tip or two uh, that can help improve the Twitter experience uh, and, and definitely let people know how they can sign up and be a part of the communities. Sure, sure. So pro tip uh, number one is to follow me at Evan A. Galloway 20. Yes, that's a shameless plug for myself. Don't care. Going to take the opportunity. Um, number two, if you want to find the community, the, the best way right now, because as I mentioned, it's still kind of in beta stage, is to go to FAMU Athletics Twitter. I believe it is still the pinned tweet, so it should be at the top of their profile, and just click on that link. If you happen to have any issues getting into it, uh, send me a DM or some of the other people tag uh, a DM, and, and we'll see what we can do to kind of solve those. Um, but we're still working through some of some of the kinks as we roll out the products. Uh, and then pro tip number profile is just be authentic and be yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, your Twitter is your personality and, and who you are. And it's, in my opinion, the one the one social platform where you write a whole book and you know in a thread of tweets and people will actually read it because you know if you're if, if they're interested, they will come. So just be yourself is probably my, my biggest pro tip there. Well so, said. Well said. That's. Go ahead, Kofi. What were you gonna say? Yeah, Be Out Day Miami is on March nineteenth. Okay. Sounds like you got March three 19th. days. Sounds like got three days to get that ready. <laughs> yeah, call it. It's gonna at be Evan, all over park. Give that. Give that Twitter handle again one more time, Evan. It is at Evan A Galloway and the number twenty. So Evan A Galloway twenty. Evan A. Galloway right, twenty. So, yeah, so make sure to follow Evan. Let's let's, let's get the let's get the follows up. Let him know uh, you guys out there watching that you appreciate uh, him coming on and sharing a little bit a uh, little bit about the uh, FAMU community space. And yes, when you go to at FAMU Athletics, it is still pinned. You have not uh, you go ahead and join. There's plenty of opportunities there, and it's a pretty easy function to navigate between sending tweets out to the communities and about in general, if you're one of those people. So it's a real easy function on the uh, desktop as well as the app. Well designed. Uh, congratulations to uh, you and your staff uh, and the staff that you work with. Uh, give those names again one more time because you are a team of Rattlers and we want to make sure we shout out all the Rattlers who are a part of that. Sure, sure. Chelsea Cartwright. Sheldon Lewis and Wu Bradley cannot do any of this without we, we all work together to make all this happen. All right. So Evan, Wu, Chelsea, and Sheldon Rattlers, you, you guys did a great job on setting this up. We appreciate you guys. And uh, Evan, thanks for your time this evening, man. Much appreciated. And uh, we, we look forward to, to more. Sorry, I think I lost you, but but thank you guys for having me. Look yeah, he was thanking you, man. He was thanking you. You know, that's oh, the, okay. the sniper. And the sniper comes <laughs> in and snipe them off. 
that's what happened from time to time. So the sniper got him a FBI, little bit, to knock him off. All right, SBI yeah, didn't spy this back. right there. Evan Galloway, got to get a shout-out to SBI one time. Uh, we're going to take a break and come back with more. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Bye, guys. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvinboutique.com. That's www.melvinboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. Sweet and Smoky Salmon Rub infuses smoked black pepper with dehydrated maple syrup, pink Himalayan salt, ginger, thyme, mustard, and more to make a sweet, savory rub. Perfect for salmon, trout, and other delicate seafood. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. When times get dark, we can't see the help that's all around us. Let 211 be your guiding light for mental health and other resources. Call 211 or visit 211.org. Follow the Black College Sports Network and all of our shows on YouTube. You can find us at MyJBN Online and on all social media at MyBCSN1. It's like a loot machine. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian and Kofi here. Um, our uh, our good friend Kelvin Rosier is uh, out on assignment tonight. Uh, so we hope to have him back in the fold uh, next week. Coming up a little bit later, I know Marcus Green will be joining us. And again, want to thank Evan Galloway from Twitter uh, for joining us, Twitter Communities. Um he and that he, he and the team of rattlers that helped put that together, um, and and of course with this with the work of the athletic department, you know that's the one thing I will say, you know our athletic department and you know under uh, uh, Ad Goshe and uh, uh, Josh Padilla is the uh, sports information guy. Uh, they they have really done a a good job of communicating using social. You know I know. You know, we'll sometimes talk about the things that that aren't, but uh, we we have to talk about the things that are. And so, in terms of the engagement, 
with social media, and that's it, big. Now, you asked an interesting question, Kofi, about generating revenue from Twitter. That, you know, gener- generating revenue from Twitter has long been one of the, uh, I, I guess I would call or say, from what I've heard, one of the struggles of the platform, you know, that I think a lot of people have wrestled with how to turn it into a financial resource or financial revenue stream. Um, I I think from the standpoint of connecting people, sort of indirectly bringing people together might be its best asset, Uh, especially think about NIL opportunities. And I know later on, we'll kind of talk a little bit about some of the things that are running out there, but just think about guys and, and their brand and exposure. Well, you know, to be able to find, you you can create pages or list of players. So, for example, if I wanted to follow every FAMU football player, I could create a list with all of their profiles and be able to follow the entire team. You know what I'm saying? And, and there are people who do that. I, obviously, there are a lot of media folks who do that, how they kind of keep up with information. But coaches do that as well. Recruiters do that. And we're moving into a place where probably businesses would start to do that. And I know I want to talk with you later as we get into talking about some of the things that we see from an NIL perspective uh, with the influencer app. And, uh, you know, I know I know the neighbors across the across the railroad tracks are doing some things and in a very similar fashion. So. I think there's uh there's opportunities there. I, I just think right now as as you talk about how do you create revenue from it, it it's that's a million dollar question, man. And and trust me, if if you figure it out, you'll become a rich man. I'll tell you that. Well, but, let me say this. You know, um one of the things that bothers me, I wanna say about our people from time to time is a lack of collaboration. We have community at FAMU. We've got community at our HBCUs. But when you lock up the community to a few people and you don't collaborate with the people uh, or really open it up where there could be more of a conversation, you end up blocking out possibilities. You know, um, that young man, Galloway, was there the whole time. You know, but it was Gaucher's willingness to listen to what he had to say, to follow up that opportunity and say, okay, now we can do this, right? Um, there's a whole world out there, and I'm a firm believer of the law recognition that everything that we need is already in our midst, awaiting our recognition of it. So here's Roland Martin out there, and I don't know if any of you all have had an opportunity to watch his video. But he was talking literally about how um, we have so much content out there, but we are not monetizing the content. You know, we we haven't figured that out. So I'm like, okay, if if Roland was able to monetize his content and we have a dynamic school of journalism, we've got this great school of SBI, why can't we monetize the content? and develop other revenue streams for Florida A&M University. Now, in addition to that, 
not just money for Florida A&M, but creating monetary opportunities for other Rattlers to come on and produce their content. Um, we've got a lot of talent on the highest of seven hills and we need to be able to showcase it on some level, not just FAMU, but just HBCUs in general have a wealth of talent that needs to be shared with the entire world. But if we don't have the conversation, none of this ever happens. None of this happens. And the, the bottom line is, I guess what I'm trying to say is that we really do need one another to go to the next level. Uh, you know, that's a great point. Um, I did not see the clip. And so I, I know you'll find it and send me a link of it. But on the, on, the, on, the, on the concept of monetizing content, it's something that I have worked on trying to do with, with this venture. And I, and I say this venture, you know, and then shows like, shows like uh, the pregame show, shows like uh, Dr. Gaville's Inside the HBCU, shows that we partner with through the Black College Sports Network trying to figure out how to generate revenue from that. Of course, the traditional ads. You guys see ads that run through the show? Yes, we do have some ad. We have some sponsors that do support our show. But how else can you support our shows? And a lot of times, we've always said, look, you can do as simply as go to uh, myjbn.com slash support. And you can donate. If you go to Starbucks three to four days a week, I'm sure that three to four dollars, you can donate three to four dollars once a week, once a month to help on our podcast, which on the BCSN pod zone, you could go and you can, there's a way with Spotify, there's a way with Anchor uh, that you can make a donation. You can be a of the show on a monthly recurring, even if it's a dollar, every bit helps. You know, I mean, we spend a lot of time trying to put content out. Um, you know, Kofi's a busy guy. I'm a busy guy. Kelvin's a busy guy. Our producer, Mel, she's a busy lady. There's a lot of people behind the scenes and on the screen, you know, so when we talk about trying to monetize, nobody's asking for, I don't think anyone, you know, it depends on what it's worth. Everything, you know, what is it worth? You know, we talk about being a collective here and supporting one another. We appreciate everybody on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, however you're watching and streaming our show. But we do the show once a week. It'd be, you know, it would say a lot to us, hey, everybody donated a dollar. That's keeping us going. That's keeping us fired up, keeping us on our toes, helping us to bring some different guests and reach out and spend more time because the more you have to be able to produce content, to be able to go get young student reporters to help us, and be able to say, hey, if you guys can help story together for us, we can give you 25 bucks a story. Something that can go into their pockets to help get them paid. There's a lot of things that we can do. So I agree 100% with the concept of uh, being a collective and monetizing our con our content. And, and, I'll, and I'll close with this final thought is I always look at what I give from this perspective. I go to 7-Eleven probably way too many times than I need to. When I go to 7-Eleven, I have a particular set of items that I purchased way too many times, right? I can do without that for one or two days. 
so supporting another podcast or another show. I hey, look, me not spending money at 7-Eleven to put it in the bank coffers of that other group that's that's working hard to to put content out that 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 I find enjoyable or informative is it's invaluable. So uh, I say that to to all of us, all of our people that are watching. We appreciate you. We love you. Um, hey, you know, there, there are ways you can support. My last support, BCS Podzone on, uh, on uh, Anchor and on Spotify. There are ways to be a supporter. So um, go do that. Uh, I do want to give a quick, hey, look, we know it's March Madness, right? March is happening right now. It's the basketball season. Uh, unfortunately, our Rattlers are not in the basketball hunt. Uh, yep. We are uh, here with the Blood Network. We, have, we are we are participating bracket, the men's bracket challenge. Go to NCAA.com. Look for men's bracket challenge. It's right there. It's the main contest on NCAA.com. Go join our, the group name is my BCSN space 2022. That's the name of the group. The password to join the group is MEAC-SWAC. All capital letters, M-E-A-C-S-W-S-W-A-C. Join our group. March Madness, it starts tomorrow at noon. So go join on NCAA.com. Join our group. Be a part of the madness and we can all kind of uh, talk. We may have some prizes, nothing announced right now. But we may have some prizes for finishing in first place, so on and so forth. But uh, we want to encourage you, go to NCA.com, Men's Bracket Challenge. The group name, again, is MyBCSNSpace. The what? Say that again, bro. MyBCSNSpace. MyBCSN. Space 2022. And then the password is MIAC-SWAC. MIAC-SWAC. All capital letters. The two conferences, two primary HBCU conferences in Division One. All right. So with that said, as uh, we come up with, as we're talking about basketball here, we do have to talk about the close of the men's season. Women's season ended a week earlier. Uh, they didn't qualify for the SWAC tournament. The men did. Uh, first opening round loss to Alabama A&M in the quarterfinals, 61-56. to 56. Uh, It's the second consecutive year that we have lost in the opening round of the conference tournament. Last year, I think we lost to Morgan by two points in the quarterfinals. Uh, We finished the season 13 and 17, 11 and 7 in the conference. And uh, just much as I was watching that game, Kofi, um, there was a key point in this. uh, First off, there was a key point in this ball game where somehow we found ourselves down 45 to 50. Uh, Coach McCullum called timeout. Timeout. This is probably under eight. Uh, MJ went on basically a 5-0 run at 50. 
at that point, that was the key point in the ball game. I mean, literally, MJ Randolph, I think two or three buckets. Uh, I don't know because he's not a three point shooter. So I think he had a bucket, a free throw, uh, two baskets, and a free throw or something like that. So we're tied. We're tied at the 50. The momentum is in our favor. I think we, we missed the next six or seven shots. Uh, and I don't think. MJ was not the shooter of those six or seven shots. Um, and, and that was, yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, we got away from him. I don't know if Alabama a gets the credit for playing defense uh, on him at that point, but somehow when you miss the next six or seven opportunities to score, when you're hot, it comes back to bite you. And A&M eventually scored a bucket, another bucket, regained the lead. And uh, we, we never really overcame that stretch. And, and it was a bad stretch of misses. And uh, so we and, – and it was a fear of mine, Kofi. It was a fear. That's the one team that I didn't want to see, Alabama A&M. You know, I, I – look, I, you don't think that matters. I'm telling you, that mattered. Um Look, anyway, man, we could. Here's the thing: could we have won the game? Sure, yes. Okay, so we didn't win the game. That's my point. <laughs> we 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 had opportunity. They're not like the Georgetown Hoyas of 1984 or one of Rick Pitino's Kentucky Wildcat teams that were really, really, really far and away. Uh, the best teams in the nation. We had an opportunity to win the freaking game. We just didn't get it done. And when you lose close games and stuff like this, you know, it, it causes you to look inwardly at a lot of the little things. And just like you said, when you get away, you don't get away from what's working. If something's working, you don't change it. You make them change it. Okay. You keep working it until they can't stop it no more. But there's no way if, if MJ is our dude, and he's making, he scored the last five points. He's the hot hand. We ride him to the end if we can. And we're going to put our best foot forward to try to get people that can close the game out by making shots. You have to do it down the stretch. You have to give your people good looks. And the fact that we didn't do that is quite concerning because, you know, just for me, um, you know, I, I want to see us win championships. And, you know, uh, I think we have a tennis championship as far as men's sports go. We have a men's championship in tennis in 2017. And the golf team won the championship just last year, exiting, I think, leaving the men, right? Right. So basketball and football, you know, baseball, we got, we got stuff we got to do, man. We have to really step up. And one of the ways, you know, just – going into that whole little phase um we have to have a serious discussion about how bad do we really want to win and this is where your administration goes and comes in because they're the ones that approve the athletic budget right so really for family family has an athletic budget of 13 million 14 million 15 million we'll win some championships We'll win some championships, straight up. We will win right. some championships. They increase the athletic budget, and that's really the bottom line. Um, as long as we stay complacent with where we are, we're going to remain 
right where we are. But there's some things that uh, really money has an answer to as so that you can hire the right people to do what we need them to do. You know, it's a shame that our, you know, our basketball team, we're short trainers. We got players, but you need trainers. You need people that can prepare our players and put them in the best possible position so they can be healthy enough to compete at the very highest level. Love the uniforms, love the LeBron James, but we need we need trainers. <laughs> we need trainers. Yeah, you know what's we funny? We need additional coaches. We, we need all that stuff, bro. I, I love the fact that you brought up trainers because one of the things I heard from Jackson State women's coach Tamika Reed and they had an outstanding year where they went 21 and 0. She said that after they lost to Baylor. Now, a year ago, Jackson State's team an outstanding ball club last year. They went into the first round game against Baylor and I mean Baylor, I mean Baylor was so um, I mean Baylor should have won or could have won a national championship last year in women. Uh the women's side. I think they got in my opinion they got screwed there in a game against UConn in the like Final Four or something, whatever, whatever. But anyway, when you watch them versus Jackson State, she she basically said, said like, whoa. She realized we're not close to being where we can be. And with the fact that they had two outstanding players coming back, she went to her AD and said, how can I, I need to get, I need to be on whatever program Baylor is on. That's where I need to be. I want whatever whatever they have in terms of strength and conditioning, uh, meals, the workout regimen. She was about match. She said, look, if that's where we have to get to, that's where we need to be. And she said, you know what? She got it. She said she went, she asked for it. She got it. And you saw this team turn around and go 21 and 0. And push pause. It'll be it. Push pause. Push pause. Because that's where that agreement comes in. You know, when you have an agreement between your AD and your coach, and then your AD has the backing of the school administration, the sky's really the limit, you know? And we've got really, we don't have as long as we think that we have to really ride this momentum wave. This momentum wave that has hit our HBCUs and has hit FAMU may not be there forever. So we need to that. capitalize on this wave while we have it, while the attention is on us and people uh, are paying attention to HBCUs in a way that they have not in a very long time. We need to find a way to make this thing happen for our benefit before we miss out yet again. Again, this happened in 1978. Coach Hubbard and them had a great time. He came on the show, talked a little bit about it. We didn't understand how to capitalize, how to monetize, how to make what we had better. And as a result, the program suffered. Yep. Fast forward, here comes Billy Joe, goes on a nice little run. We had opportunity to capitalize because we didn't understand how to capitalize. The program suffered in about two or three years. Here we are again with Coach Simmons, with Coach Shue, with our basketball program, with all of the momentum, all of the accolades that FAMU has gotten over the years. And now it's time for us to take it to another level. There has to be commitment. And as they say in football, in all three phases of the game, right? 
in all three phases of the game, you have to have your offense, your defense, and your special teams. You know, we need our alumni on, a, on board. We need the school administration on board. We need the athletic administration. I mean, now, listen, I don't mean I love Courtney Gaucher, and this is not a knock against him, but I haven't heard anything from him since the beginning of the freaking year, and I feel like that's ridiculous. I think at this you point, said, there's uh -uh, press releases. Uh-uh, 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 nope. nope. <laughs> I want to hear, I want to hear a state of the Rattler address. I oh, want to hear where oh, we okay. are now. Okay. I want to hear where we are going, and I want to hear how we gonna get there. I want, I want to hear vision. I like the fact that they are doing things in stealth so that people cannot sabotage what they are doing because they get it done one way or the other, right? And I appreciate that. Well, well, but for us to get well, to ask. where we got to go, you have to speak to the hearts of the people and say, look, people, this is what we need. This is where we are. This is what I'm up against. This is what we are fighting. This is why this is not happening. This is the reason why XYZ is over here. Here's what I want to do. Here's where we are now. Here's how we can get there. But this right here is literally in the way of us doing it. Let Rattler Nation what, oh, know well, so that we can so that we can participate. Again, all vision is is where we are now, where we going, how we gonna get there. Communicate that. Let us know well, how well, we can let's assist. be let's be real. Let's let's since since you're going there, let's 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 be real. Let's talk about what's in the way. What's in the way, I, and, and my own personal feelings and my own thoughts here is the fact that um, coming up on three years at the end of his contract here in November, there hasn't been a contract extension yet. Uh, we don't know why. Uh, maybe it's in the works with the Board of Regents. The next Board of Regents meeting is when? Uh, sometime April, I think, March. I, I'll Man. say this. My, my point... My point being, my point being is just like in any, just like in sports, just like in sports, you want to ask, why haven't I seen or heard from? Well, he's put out statements. He's put out statements in, in, uh, in, in, on these. We just talked about what this Twitter, I just read a statement from him, but if you want to know something else, let's go ahead and show Courtney Gaucher a commitment to, uh, to athletics. Somebody in, the Board of Regents, somebody in administration, whoever's whoever's in charge of that, let's show him the commitment. Let's show him the commitment so that we can then see the the the, the remaining vision that he has for athletics. I think there's a there's a symmetry that has to go with that. And we're lying to ourselves if we don't think that there's a symmetry that go with that. So let's be honest about it. You know, I I you know I what also is when you look across the street uh, over there uh, in Jackson and you see the commitment that they're making with their that athletic That thing director is moving? Jackson State is moving in the direction moving. because the president is on board, the AD is on the same page, you got the football coach on the same page, all the coaches are on the same page, and they are marching towards, I want to exactly. say, sustained success. That has been, Jackson yeah. State has been a gold mine for years because they're in a predominantly black city. I would call them, I would go so far as to call them Little Atlanta. It's really still a sleeping giant. They fix them potholes and get all that stuff out of the way. They got to really watch out. So but for what, real. What alumni, what alumni need to do is they need to ask. They need to send letters, emails to the president's office. I think they need to ask or send emails to the Board of Regents. 
somebody's got what what's taking so long? Where's the commitment to athletic administration? You know, you again, this deals. is not this is but see, this is the deal. And this is this is where I am with this, okay? Because President Robinson is no dummy. He's not a dummy, he's very methodical, right? He's very methodical. So if he for him to take his time really with Courtney's contract, the way that he's doing it is just concerning to me. It don't take that long. The man has done more than enough to warrant a new contract, right? So at this point, understanding how continuity and consistency can benefit us, I want to know what's taking so freaking long. Okay, do you see that this man, do we believe that this man has the capacity to send Rattler Nation and Rattler Athletics to the next level, or is he a hindrance to where we want to try to go? And if he's a hindrance, what's the darn hindrances, and why is it taking so long for y'all to communicate what the hindrances are? Because at this point, we don't want, I don't want, I'm like Eveline and the Wiz, don't bring me no bad news. Okay. Let me know what's going on so that we can actively try to bring solutions to whatever issues there are, okay? Y'all knew when y'all hired him that he was a young AD and he wasn't full with a whole bunch of experience. And fam, you had a plethora of problems before he got here. Now, in order for us to succeed, we need the FAMU School Administration FAMU Athletics and the alumni all on the same page. So really what I'm saying is I want to hear from Courtney Gonshay. I want to hear from Larry Robinson. I want to hear from uh, from Colonel Clark. I want to hear from everybody to see exactly where we really are right now. Because it's time out for all these games. We only have two championships. Football, God bless them. We won a, we won a national title that we, you know, named ourselves pretty much and, you know, did that look. <laughs> but I ain't mad because we deserve it. Right? We, we did it. But hey, we don't have no conference hardware, no outright conference hardware. We don't have a conference title in, in basketball. We haven't had that in some years. That, that really should concern us. The fact that A&T is running circles around us in track is ridiculous, and we're in the state of Florida. I'm like, how in the world did we let that happen? But when you have, when you have people in positions of power that don't understand what they're doing and how they are sabotaging what we got going on, you end up with dysfunction, which is where we are. There's no reason you can't tell me. I mean, we should win the goddamn track title at least once every three years. Tennis should, FAMU's right. tennis team, listen, FAMU's tennis team should win a conference title at least once every three years. At least once, if not every year, because we're in Florida, and Florida is like a top three tennis state, okay? A top three. Track, top three. Baseball, top three. We all know Florida's football is like number one. Basketball, especially with the girls, we've got athletes for days. How we finish at the bottom of the freaking conference, even in a first with a first year coach, is concerning to me. I have to ask where our real commitment is and what is the where is the kink in the in the in the chain? Where is it? Because at this point, I'm like, something's off. 
we got too much tradition. Let's, we uh, got too much know-how. We got too much intelligence for us to be where we are right now. I hear you, Kelsey. I hear you. Let's let's take a break. Come back. Let's let's finish up uh, with some. I've got some very pointed questions. Some things that we need to look back on as we put a bow on the men and women's basketball season. Also, it's tournament time, so I'm gonna do a little trivia here and see if you guys can recall the last time our men's program went to the NCAA tournament. Um, we'll kind of get into talking a little bit about baseball and softball. Didn't have a great week. Uh, both baseball and softball did not have a good week, but uh, better days are ahead, we know. Uh, so we'll talk about that and get into a little football talk here as well. Uh, a lot of news coming out of football. They're on spring break, but uh, uh, camp is going on. So hang in there. We'll come back in a couple of minutes after this break. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. Now, you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. Have you had your Earthblend coffee today? At Earthblend Coffee, we take pride in offering you the very best of beans across the world, blended and roasted to perfection, giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste. Experience the world in one cup with Earthblend Coffee. Melvick Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvick Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvickboutique.com. That's www.melvickboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvick Online Women's Boutique. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Join the how, how you got Marcus in the big box like that? I'm talking to Drew. We <laughs> Go ahead, Marcus. Marcus, 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 Marcus ain't no. Marcus ain't a guest. He Marcus ain't a guest. Marcus part of the show. <laughs> yeah, you better come on back down to the small box. All right, hey everybody, Marcus Green joining us. We always love Marcus. We just give him a hard time. We give give over the big box to uh, to to the important people. 
Uh, look, hey, you got to finish up the basketball conversation here. We put a bow on the basketball season here. I know Kofi doesn't want to, but I did all this great, fabulous research, Marcus. So I know I know you can appreciate research. So I, I got to get some of these basketball nuggets out um, because I know improving our basketball program, a lot of people want that. A lot of people want to know how can we get better. And well, just a few notes, uh, at, you know, at, we had that great seven-game win streak right, in the beginning of the year. But following that that seven-game win streak, uh, we went four and six last ten games of the season. And it really started with that February 5th game where we lost to Texas Southern on NBA TV. And that was the, that was the game after the seven-game win streak. And so uh, I, I'm not happy with the way we finished down the stretch uh, especially that trip to Mississippi. That was the one that kind of hurt us, I think, because we lost to Jackson State and we lost to We uh, shouldn't have lost to darn Jackson State. We shouldn't have lost to now, Jackson State. That's what State. I'm talking about. We shouldn't have lost to uh, – who was that other school we lost to? We should not We should have split with Southern, to be honest. For them to sweep us is ridiculous. Yeah, um, especially the same, you know, we lost yeah. it. So that's three games. We lost to Alabama A&M at home. For me, that was a bad loss. So that's four losses yeah. right there that we and really should have. The thing with Alabama A&M is like even the, the tournament game played out the same way as the way we look. They had what, like 20 plus free throws. And I saw Miss Kenya Sykes type, type something in there. And that was what I was seeing the whole game. They had an inside game strategy. And what we're doing is, basically jump shooting and, and well because you know, that's all they do. Alabama AM look the statistics would have shown you Alabama Alabama AM was the worst three point shooting team in the SWAT. They weren't shooting it from the outside. I would have given them the outside shot all day. They they look, were the worst bro. three point shooting team. Yeah but they had an inside what? game. That's the thing that we didn't have. We didn't have the beef to, and they put that was that six ten dude who was two seventy and he roughed up our dudes a little bit, and they just kept pounding I mean, inside. In the second, in the every, second half, they made bro, a concerted effort to pound, on, to bring the ball down, and just attack the glass. And we didn't have because the they same had an advantage yeah, right there. I mean, if I got a big guy that has a mismatch, just common sense says feed the mismatch so we can get easy baskets, percentage baskets. You know. Uh, unless we are like spot yeah, on. Yeah, but he, just, he's a, know, he was a decoy, though, Kofi. He, he, he was a decoy. He, he was not well, a they he beat was, us. He was there to the clear inside. They got fouled. They, and my point they is. They beat us inside and got fouls. They that, kept driving to the basket. Right. My point is really with the whole foul game. And for me, um, there has to be a mixture when you're talking about recruiting. I know we have a style of play, XYZ, all of the extra stuff, right? But you have to have a mixture of a strong inside game and an outside game. You cannot be one-dimensional and expect to win long-term because one of your games, one spot is going to be off. And you need to be have you need to have some measure of reliability um, really when it comes down to getting key baskets, which comes from your inside game. We don't have a Steph Curry right now. I hope that we are able to recruit no, we- a Steph Curry or somebody on that level that can you know that don't miss don't miss threes and you know just put all kind of pressure on people create shots all of that stuff but there's no substitute for a good um inside game and that's just something that we we you know i would like to see coach mccullum really upgrade 
us in the area. You need yeah. size. I know this is an area, uh, an era of basketball where there's a lot of outside shooting, but there's no substitute for strong inside play, and we need it. Agree. Yeah, we Yeah, the one thing we didn't do well was shoot the ball well. We were four of eighteen from the three point arc, and you point up the free throw shooting. We only went to the free throw line nine times in that game, six of nine. They went to the free throw line 27 times. Like you said, almost a mirror of the second time that we lost to them where mm-hmm. after a while it just added up and the free throws just kept – they were 15-21 and 21 in the second half at the free throw line, Alabama A&M was, and it just added up on us. And after a while – you and like I said, even though there was that stretch, again, I keep going back, 50-50, MJ had just scored five in a row, and then all of a sudden we just go dry. The well just ran dry. But hey, here's let's here's what I want to talk to you guys and and let's look at this roster moving forward because according to what I've read and what I've looked into, uh, we had there were four seniors on this team that were recognized on Senior Day, and I guess the biggest question will be will MJ Randolph return? Uh, he has a COVID year, assuming that he's graduating, um, you know. Will he return for his COVID year? Um, I, I think you guys out there watching, you should all be all be hitting up uh, MJ and telling them, hey, MJ, thank you for a great season. We hope you come back because I'm, I'm telling you now, he is getting ball game. He dominated the guard position, and he did not shoot threes. He is not a three-point shooter. He did everything from inside the arc and at the free throw line. Unheard of for a 6'4 guard to do what he did, but he did it and was the most valuable player in the league. So I guarantee his, his, his mentions are getting hit up by a lot of coaches. Rattler Nation, you guys ought to be hitting him up. I think his uh, Twitter handle is at Cinco Buckets something like that, but you ought to be hitting them up saying, hey, we loved you this year, man. We hope you use that fifth year and come back. Uh, we also have COVID seniors with an extra year and DJ Jones, Bryce Marange, and Cameron Reeves. All those guys, I believe, have their COVID eligibility. Um, in terms of young guys on this squad, for sophomores, you had Jalen Spear, who that was a guy that I thought we missed during that 10-game stretch. We only had him for the last three games, you know, and he's a guy who averaged about 10 a game. Uh, and then I think a curious question, we saw Dominguez Stevens, uh, a transfer from Seton Hall, actually win a ball game for us, but he really didn't have a major impact this year. So the question is, will we have him another year? Um, that So th- those are some of the roster questions that that have to be asked yeah Kof. all right so let me go back to my little rant okay um texas southern wins in basketball and they win consistently in basketball you know why hello uh, you tell us yeah i, I hear you i do because, because they they invest in the freaking basketball program they put more money in their basketball program than any other school in the SWAC. Consequently, they're always in the SWAC championship game and always beating everybody in the SWAC. 
You know why A&T has a successful track team? Because they invest in it. They invested in their track team. Their track team is successful. Same thing with football. Same thing with, with every other sport that A&T basically has. Now, I don't know what they're doing with the other sports. But their track team is far and away, um, I want to say, the crown jewel of their athletic programs. So, again, you have to make a decision. Take, what? You, you're, you're saying exactly. Okay. You're saying what, what I what, – you have to make a decision – on what you're going to invest in. Texas Southern's basketball, men and women may be powerful, but look at their football program. They're not so investing in it. That's my point. You can't invest in everything. They are in basketball you, and you're not so. investing in everything. You're not investing in everything. So, this year. I'm just telling you that now. Well, okay. Whatever. I'm telling uh, you now, anyway, don't sleep yeah, on no, Texas I mean, Southern out there and Andrew Body and them. Don't sleep on them this year. Now, one other right, thing, I guess, that. to, to Kofi's point about, about recruiting, I remember it may have been around Christmas break when he had Coach McCollum on. He mentioned that this past year he hadn't really hit the portal as much as, I don't know not exactly how he phrased it, but it was a mix of Juco and portal and some freshmen. And so even though we get Stevens, there's another young man portal as much as his counterpart. So we'll have to see this offseason if he does the same thing, especially for somebody with some beef inside out instead of depending on uh, mid-range and some drives to the bucket by uh, by MJ Randolph to diversify the offense. Because we saw too many times this year where the offense just got stagnant. And so we have to have more than yeah. more often than that. That happened. That happened when Jalen Spear was out. So you didn't have their secondary score or someone who's looking to score. But even still, you know, we we got to have a little more diversity in the offense and maybe a little more diversity in the type of players that we recruit instead of some athletic yet uh, how you call it svelte people playing center. You might even lose a couple <laughs> boys who. Um, yeah, now you had a couple boys, you know, two biscuits away from 250 to kind of bang around down there. Um, I do want to make note that uh, the four-year run that we are on, um, it's our most successful uh, of all the of all the complaining that we're doing. It should be noted, it's the most successful. Do we have a winning record? Do we have a winning record? Let me- let me finish. Do we have a winning record? Let me finish. No. Go on and finish. I'm still ask still, my question. Go ahead on. Okay, no. Hold on. Let me let me rephrase that. In conference over the last four years, yes, we have had a winning record in conference play over the last four years, which is the most successful we've had since the last five years of the Mike Gillespie era from 2002 to 2007. Which you know was interesting as I was going back and looking that last year, uh, which coincides with the last time FAMU went to the NCAA tournament in 2007. That team was 21 and 14. Now, granted, if you don't, if you count just Division One opponents, they were 18 and 14. But still, that's pretty pretty doggone impressive for a team that uh, finished second in the regular season won the conference tournament. Unfortunately, they lost in the 
what was then called the opening round game. It was not it was not the first. It didn't become the first four until 2010. So in those years when we played in 2007 and then 2004, those years were called the opening round. And so, you know, FAMU, we we lost to a Niagara team back in 2007, March 13, 2007. Uh, Darius Glover uh, led the team uh, with 15 points in that ball game. Couple, four, uh, three other guys averaged 10 points a game. Uh, Rome Sanders was the leading scorer on that team in uh, t- 2006, 2007, averaging 15 points a game, six rebounds a game. But that was a good Gillespie squad and uh, really excited about the future. And then some stuff happened and we lost coach. <laughs> um, but uh, a few years, three years prior to that, the 0304 team, they finished a regular, they finished 15 and 17. That was the Terrence Woods team. Terrence Woods, uh, that team was fifth in the regular season, won what the conference tournament. Uh, that was 2004. Okay, that's a long time. What'd you ago. say? What'd I you said, say? What year I'm are doing we a little in? history. Yeah, I, it's <laughs> history. It's all history. History, basketball, March Madness. We history. get it, man. I, go on and say what you got to say because I, I, I'm ready to go. Come on. Anyway, you don't <laughs> want to hear about the, the business history. Because we're uh, not the there right Terry now. I mean, Wood. the bottom line is we don't have a championship, bro. It's been a minute. Okay, but we're trying to get back there. We're trying to get Let's back there. Let's talk about so, how you know, we... Wayne Sweet is asking questions in the pit, asking us, how can we get there? <laughs> Recruits and big you guys. You want to know how we can get there? We giving them stats and stuff. Yes. I got this thing laid out. Yeah. We can go ahead and make this. I've already said it, but... You know, you have. We, you it have. starts with. Let, let it start. Go ahead. No, because because I because I I I want to give proper you know I want to give proper respect to the to the women, which is an even bigger issue that we gotta that we gotta talk about. But but in terms of the men, how do we get there with the men? I mean, I think you got to start with this roster and figure out what you're going to get. Are you going to get MJ to come back? You know. And then you got look. I agree with both of you. We we have to get some size. I mean, did you see if any of you watched the Texas Southern game uh, last night? Mm-hmm. If you saw the kid Gresham from Houston, there was a play where literally he hung in the air for probably three extra seconds, blocked the shot with his off hand, not the one hand that went up, but the other hand. Like it was amazing to see. We need that. That, so it's like, hey, you know, and now obviously he's a transfer. He's a grad transfer. So if anything, you're saying, hey, what can I what can I go find? That's what you need to find. We need to find two dudes like that that are out there looking to get out of whatever school they're at. And, you know, because Coach McCollum has already said <clears throat> in so many words, he's not going to find it on the high school level. And he's not going to be looking at the high school level. He's going to be looking – at the community colleges, he's going to be looking in the portal because that's where it is. For a program like FAMU to survive, you're going to have to rebuild and maybe every now and then you may take a, a high school, a shot at a high school guy. But right now you're going to be 
you're going to be what? You're going to be looking to fill this roster with transfers and JUCO guys. Yep. All right. I hear so, you waving. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm waving because I'm ready to talk. All right. So let's talk about, you know, just this whole recruitment thing, right? Because everybody says, okay, we got to go and get these recruits. We got to go get this one. We got to go get this one. We're to go get that one. It costs money. And our recruiting budget is not at the state right now where we can afford to go across the country to go and get blow Joe from X, Y, and Z. People have asked the question like, okay, so why aren't we getting all these players from Miami? I mean, now Coach Simmons and them have done a bang up job with recruiting. You have seen Rattler football's recruitment really go through the roof. It's been the best that it's been since the Rudy Hubbard days, the Jake Gaither days. It's as good as it's freaking been. And guess what? We can't even get down to Miami consistently because the recruitment budget is not where it needs to be for us to be able to recruit in our own freaking state. And we wonder why we don't have players from Miami is because the recruitment budget. So what they've done is that they've taken the Big Bend area, they've taken Jacksonville, they've taken Central Florida to the areas that we can go because our coaches are having to pay for these trips really many times out of their own pocket and wait for reimbursement. And you know to get reimbursed on the highs of Seven Hills. Oh, it's not easy. It takes a long time to get your money back. And, you know, I feel like that's ridiculous when all they need to do is increase the entire athletic budget. Now, I know they're probably like X, Y, and Z, right? But if you go on ahead and increase it, increase the budget, that's number one. We need to increase the athletic budget. So President Robinson, the board you're talking, of trustees, You're talking overall, increasing yeah, overall? Yeah, what need to happen. They need to increase our athletic budget because we do not have enough From what to, to what? handle and manage. From I'm, what to what? From what to what? We need to increase it by at least $2 million. At least $2 million. Okay. Three mil would be great. Would be, I think, ideal for where we are right now. Like, Cookman has the largest athletic budget, and how they doing it, I don't know. But Cookman has the largest athletic budget in the SWAC. Okay? For us to be where we are, if we want to get to the next level, our athletic budget has to increase. That's how you pay for your APR people. That's how you pay for your tutors. That's how you pay for additional head, additional assistant coaches. That's how you pay for uh, your facilities. That's how you pay for um, your trainers, you know, that are going to help to make sure that your athletes are maintained. That's how you pay for your nutritionists. All these different little things go into the pot as to how you build a successful program. So it starts with a commitment from the top to say, look, we got to freaking commit. We got to give an additional two, three million dollars to our athlete, even if we got to raise, and this is going to be controversial, our student fees so that we can get uh, and some extra money for our athletic programs. Is it a stretch? Four, okay, five dollars, me... but it will pay off if we can go ahead and get that money for our kids. Okay. Let me add. Let so me add. One. So to give... To get, hold on. Okay, let's be quick on these. So let me, I'll just jump in real quick and say I'm reading an article here from Tallahassee Democrat. This was from June of 2020 uh, in which, uh, as Gaucher was talking to the board of directors uh, or the board of trustees, I think it's uh, this is from an article um, from June. Um, 
the budget for the requested budget for 21 22 the overall figure 9 million 9 point just under 9.5 million okay the bulk of the money linked to athletic fees uh 4.2 million um and so that so essentially what we're saying is you're saying that budget needs to be 12 13 ideally but it needs to be at least 12 12 5 okay all right what's point number two be quick because uh I, we want to we got to keep two, moving so go point ahead number your two, next point. they have to collo- they have to communicate with rattler nation they need to be open and transparent communication with rattler nation so that we can actively stay engaged and participate in the process of making FAMU athletics better than it's ever been before. So the communication lane. How lands, much more do you want? How much more bruh. communication do you want than what's out there? Okay. I mean, so, I mean, I'm, I'm being serious. Let me, I'm, being let me say I'm serious. All right. So let me say this. All right. So when you're watching sports on on the Super Bowl or whatever sports program you're watching, does McDonald's have a commercial? I'm sure they do. Yeah. You see a McDonald's commercial. Do you see a beer commercial on there? Yes, you see a uh, yeah. beer commercial on there because they're communicating with their with the people and their constituents. Okay. Did we lose uh-huh. Kofi? We lost Kofi. He got sniped. He got he got sniped. But I agree with him. The uh-huh. problem is now we got the board of governors. The Board of Governors, from, and Kelvin can correct, and maybe Kofi when he comes back on, the Board of Governors is the one that has to approve the the increase in the student fees. So right now, we're kind of locked in. And of course, you know, being the, the public, only public HBCU in Florida, you know, if you raise the student fees, there might be some hollering and screaming. Because I did a little digging on it too, just looking at some of our peer group, even though they're at the upper level, like a James Madison, you have no idea how much they charge for student fees, but actually the portion, the student fees and the portion that goes to athletics, it's at least two thousand, maybe twenty five hundred per this. student, and they've got twenty one thousand students, so they're clocking. If my math is right, almost forty million just off of student fees, and that's not including boosters. So we're yes. looking at a peer group that's now moving up to FBS and seeing how they're using the student fees now. I don't you know. We have to look at our demographic and understand if that's realizable and if we want to squeeze that and if students are really okay with paying the student, you know, that level of athletic fees because it's coming out of their pocket and out of their financial aid. So it, there's a lot of tentacles that go to it in terms of approval. But again, this is where this is where we have to go. Because, again, this is where Rattler Nation has to be engaged because if we don't confront the Board of Governors, ain't nobody going to confront the Board of Governors, okay? We got to say, look, something's got to freaking give. You have cut our freaking enrollment almost in half by 4,000 students, you know, and we're not happy about it. But we have not been able to come together to address this issue so that we can get some traction. Who's going to the board right. of governors so, with that statement? Huh? Who's going to the board? You heard me. Who's going to the board of governors with that statement? I'll go. 
Who? I'll go, and there's a whole bunch of Rattler Nation that would love to go, but the problem is, again, when you don't communicate with us regarding what the issues are, you know, because the bottom line, well, all we want is results. We want to know why we only have two conference titles since the year 2007 in our men's, in our men's sports. Why did we have to cut uh, men's tennis, who was our most successful uh, men's program in years? Why do we have to continue to do this? Why can't, why, why does it appear that our enrollment is cut uh, the way that it's cut? How can we get an increase? You know, y'all keep, y'all keep, you know, blocking us from being able to do, we want to know why, because we don't appreciate it. And then on top of that, they owe us billions anyway. Okay. You know, so we've again, got to, go back know, to again, this is where, this is where the communication aspect has to get there. The state <laughs> needs to step up. They owe us. Shameless plug. Let's go. Uh, shameless plug, Marcus, right? What is, what is that that you're holding there, Marcus? Uh, it's a little off topic, but it's related, though. State Must Provide, a book that came out, I believe, last year, and it kind of addresses the issues with Tennessee State, uh, the Maryland uh, University system, and Alabama system, and we haven't addressed it in Florida. But you can see how it cascades into athletics as well. Just because, you know, you read some of these other books, and things that I've uh, pumped up before, even the Jay Gaither book, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. There's some excerpts in there. There's some books, excerpts in, uh, oh, what's the book I just finished reading? The one about, uh, I think, Kim Donovan, about the 50-year, what's it called? The 50-year something. The 50-year, I can't remember what it was, but it talks about basically how TV money came in the 1950s, and there's a noticeable absence of HBCUs in the discussion. Of course, that was during the segregation era. But you look at how teams have built up now, it was because of everything from back then, not only the segregation, but when TV came in, the only conference that were included were those in the Power Five in Notre Dame. And then you get right. the integration, and then you see the siphoning of Black athletes going towards it. Then you see the proliferation of TV when they actually had the lawsuit and where the NCAA was, in, was uh, sued and the Supreme Court ruled they were cartel. And then they opened up the market for free market for television. And that's when all the conferences got their got their own TV deals and Notre Dame got exclusive with NBC. And it just, the domino effect of all the money and we just got left behind for the last 50, 60 years. And this is the result. So so I, I have to ask this question, and, and I, I kind of want to—I kind of want to keep us moving forward yes. here because I, I know it's a lot of stuff we we want to get into. <clears throat> but I keep going back to and Kofi, great points. I mean, all of them very good. Some good, some good communication there, even on uh, YouTube in the chat room. But I keep wondering who is going to go up and stand up before who has enough power. And clout, because you're obviously uh, you don't think it's President Robinson, or maybe you do. Who's going to go Robinson up before the does, board of He's non-confrontational. He's he, okay, you know so you have to have. We, okay, he's not so the most who is it going to be? That's uh, fine. Okay, great. That's fine. So who 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 is who is it going to be? Where is the? Why stand do we have a freaking National come? Alumni Association president if they're not going to speak? Oh, so that's who that's who it should be. I'm I'm saying somebody from that freaking from from that board 
of people that got elected in position to serve the alumni, somebody's got to have some, we got to have some skill set. We got a whole law school, bro, with people that have been trained how to argue. Okay. okay. So, so as we have this new, have they, have they finished up with their elections uh, in the National Alumni Association? Have they finished up with the elections? I know there's an upcoming, I read, if I read correctly. Yeah, so I that should be on the board. Nah, that's that should song. be up there. Okay, so you know, then and they that need to be, be coming on the show because I want to ask them. I want to see what they know. Because at this point, we cannot afford to be playing games. We don't need a bunch of people with titles. It's not going to serve. All right, uh, let's let's bring it back to <clears throat> as we talk about where do we progress? Where do our teams improve? Uh, and we've talked about some of the problems in terms of so if we say our our men's basketball is recruiting is one of the big challenges going into the next year we guys we turn it over and look at our women's program uh and we say one of the biggest things coming back uh in terms of players coming back they lost uh they lose two seniors uh kia bradshaw who's a grad student uh anisa douglas a redshirt senior there is a core of obviously between talent and uh, just player development, those are the two biggest areas of improvement. There is a core of players that I think uh, are solid enough that with another year of seasoning and off-season workout uh, can make can make some good improvements. I, I saw enough with a few things cleaned up that this is a decent group of girls who could who could really challenge into the middle of the pack. Uh, now, I mean, I'm not putting us, we don't, unless a transfer like Amisha Williams holiday comes through the door, we don't have anything like that. But to be on that next tier is possible with, with ladies like, uh, you got Dylan Horton who led the team in scoring, uh, the number two scores coming back, uh, supposedly, uh, Anisha Harris, um, you got a couple of forwards, uh, Stacia Allen, and Alana Busby Dunphy, who was an tr- Alabama transfer, we really didn't even see her this mm-hmm. year. Uh, Mallory Brooks, sophomore, five eleven guard, is the only girl who played, only young lady who played and started all of the games, twenty five games. Um, but the biggest problems that ailed this team this year: turnovers. This team averaged twenty point three health. Yeah, turnovers are probably two of the things that that brutally hurt this team. They uh, gave up, they had about 20.3 turnovers a game comparison to their opponents averaging 14 turnovers a game and scoring, scoring. We can only score about 54 points a game. We gave up 73. So I, I look at this and say one of two things has to happen. Either we have to become a team that has a better pace with better offense or we have to become a team that is improved defensively. I don't know if you can do both in a year, unless you have a major talent or unless you have a major talent overhaul. So Bruh. I think Bruh. that's going to be the biggest challenge for Coach Pillow is to say what can she bring in, and then well, yeah. Here's 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 my thing. You know when you know back in the day when we used to uh, play kickball on the yard. Um, and you have two captains, right? And the captains go out and then they pick their team. And the first thing that normally the captains are looking for is somebody who can catch or somebody who can kick. (laughs) 
you know. And, <laughs> okay. Serious. Can you kick? I, I, I can you kick? Because if you can't kick, I don't want you on my team. You can look sad. You can look mad all you want to. I want to try to win. I need the best people on my team. Now, this is my thing. It's apparent that there is a real talent deficit with our women's basketball team. You know, and some of this is not her fault. Um, I know that, you know, people tripped and there was all kind of controversy around LaDawn Gibson, but LaDawn Gibson had a talented team and we were beating other Division One teams, including the University of Florida, Auburn, and a few other people, you know, at one point. So the standard has yeah, already been set for it. us to be able to compete at a very high level. For us to be at she this low state, for us to be at this low state, state that really tells us exactly where we are right now and what really needs to change. Again, apparently there cannot be a greater commitment. We have to hit the transfer portal hard and there needs to be an overhaul of the talent that is on that team. There has to be an overhaul. Can you play? If you can't play and I got somebody over here that plays better than you, we're going to find some other way to get you some money, but you will not be getting a basketball scholarship and that's it. No, I agree. There's about, yeah, there. I mean, look, look you, I, you you can't under, underestimate the program did not hit the floor. People you under people undervalue what that means. You, they took a year off. That is that is close to being the death penalty. Show me a football program that that well. Okay, I can't. That's a bad analogy because what I was going to say is show me a football program that didn't do anything. But it's borderline a death penalty. Prairie View back in the day didn't do nothing. I, well, <laughs> they didn't have no scholarships. A and T was death just on, what was that on like a sixty game losing streak? Forty games? I think it was eighty. Yeah, I, I mean North 80. Carolina and I mean, that boat, was in that boat not that long ago. Look, I I, I agree that this team cannot will. I, I will. I, one thing I can't feel comfortable about: this team will not look that like it did this year, next year. It, it can't. It won't. It won't. Better not. Okay. But it, we it also have some people that were just dropped not. out on MIA. I don't know if it was coach's decision or injury or what. Like there were people that you didn't see after January or like mid early February. So what happened? And it seemed like there was only a rotation of six or seven players. So I don't know if it was a combination of COVID, injuries, like the young lady who's from Tallahassee, I believe it's Kaylin, Caden Jones. We know we found yeah. out later that um, Dylan Horton had an injury and the young lady from Mississippi uh, who recruited on the previous coach, uh, she had a knee injury in preseason. So it was like dominoes falling. So you have limited personnel and it seemed like a lot of the injuries hit the people who were tall had a little girth, and we saw in some of the games, uh, like when we played Jackson State and others, where they, they were just dominant inside because they had more size. Yeah. And so we see the results of this year, but we never really had a fully healthy squad coming off of Thank a you. year and a half of inactivity with a first-year coach. Thank you. Thank you. That, that's, a, that's a horrible recipe. And, and you know what the crazy part is? We still weren't the worst team in the SWAC. I'll just end it on that.
We still weren't the worst team in the swag. <laughs> so people complain all you want. We still weren't the worst team in this. We weren't number we 12. We don't care about everybody but, else, though. That ain't us. That ain't how I, we roll. It's all perspective. It's perspective, doggone it. Perspective. Let's take a break. Come back. We got some football news to talk about when we come back. We got commercials, see? We got commercials. Two-minute break. We'll come back. Uh, you're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. The Sweet and Smoky Salmon Rub infuses smoked black pepper with dehydrated maple syrup, pink Himalayan salt, ginger, thyme, mustard, and more to make a sweet, savory rub. Perfect for salmon, trout, and other delicate seafood. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. When times get dark, we can't see the help that's all around us. Let 211 be your guiding light for mental health and other resources. Call 211 or visit 211.org. Follow the Black College Sports Network and all of our shows on YouTube. You can find us at MyJBN Online and on all social media at MyBCSN1. It's like a loot machine. All around town, people trying to get down. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. <laughs> It's like a loot machine. All around town, trying to get down. Brian Fulford, uh, Kofi Hemingway, Marcus Green in for uh, Kelvin Roger, who's out on assignment. I want to remind you guys, go to NCAA.com and join our Men's Bracket Challenge. NCAA.com Men's Bracket Challenge. Our group name is MyBCSN2022. That's MyBCSN2022. And in space 2022, it'll ask you for the group name or the password, rather. Uh, the password is MIAC-SWAC. That's MIAC-SWAC, all capital letters on MIAC-SWAC. I'll see if I can post that here in the uh, chat room on YouTube. Uh, but again, uh, we've been tweeting it out. I'll make sure to tweet it out and post it a little bit later. We got to get some more people in there. It's pretty depressing only seeing a handful of folks 
Um, but that's all right. Maybe you guys are busy with other pools and stuff that you're in. The NCAA tournament starts tomorrow. Uh, shout out to Howard Women. Howard Women uh, got a win. Um, so oh, good yeah. for them. That That's uh, two HBCUs in two days in the, in the big tournament. Uh, all right. Football-related goodies. Um, I guess we can start by talking – uh, the biggest, one of the biggest news, uh, well, uh, you want to talk recruiting or just the news in general? Hold on, I'm trying to pull up my, I printed out a couple of things here. KJ Gone! KJ Gone! KJ Gone! Yeah, uh, so that that turns out to be, that was one of the directions <laughs> I was going to turn with that. Uh, yeah, Coach uh, KJ Black, um is uh is taking a new position um uh black of course who was the offensive uh well he was the quarterback's coach co-offensive coordinator uh the last few seasons uh announced his resignation he's gonna actually be upgrading joining the super bowl champion los angeles rams um he worked with the organization for a couple of weeks last summer as part of the Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship Program. And he was extended an offer to work full-time with the Rams in a fellowship role working with the quarterbacks. So, um, obviously, Coach Black is a, was, a, was a big big recruiter, uh, a big advocate. There's a lot of guys who uh, have ties to him. Um, what? How does that change – what does that change with our with, with uh, just the, the the coaching staff in general, Kofi? How do you think that affects things for Coach Simmons? To be honest, it really won't change a whole lot. Um, we've already gotten our offensive coordinator. Um, you know, Joseph Henry is the offense coordinator. He's been on the staff before. Uh, he's been with Coach Simmons and served with him in a number of years, so he understands the offense. Um, you know, having a different set of eyes. This is also a very experienced group. You know, you have an experienced QB. Um, in addition, you've got experienced wide receivers. You got experienced line. You got you got some new pieces here and there. But Coach Simmons' offense is Coach Simmons' baby. So Coach Simmons will go back to recruiting. I'm sorry, um, coaching the quarterbacks, coaching the backfield, which is something that is in his background while. Um, my man gets his feet wet back with the offensive line, but I fully expect him to hire somebody that's going to be able to step in right after the spring so that he'll be able to focus more on the head coaching duties and uh, do what he's supposed to do. But during the spring, it's not that much of a, it's not that big of a deal considering all the experience that we do have coming back. So we should really be in good shape. Uh, regardless, I'm going to miss KJ. KJ was a, uh, a wonderful personality. He, he really was a rattler to me. And, um, he was very engaging, very creative, good mind, uh, good heart, good spirit, was always willing to engage. And we saw how uh, McKay was able to improve from game one all the way to the end. And that's largely due to the work that uh, he was able to do with KJ. So um, I'm going to definitely miss him, but uh, we're going to have somebody in there really soon. Um, and I don't expect the offense to really miss that much of a beat. Uh, your thoughts, Marcus? Uh, kind of similar with Kofi. I mean, it's, 
it's good for Coach Black to get that promotion, good for HBCUs for him to get that promotion, to go basically skipping one level, going straight from an HBCU to the NFL instead of making a Power 5 stop, and his next position could be somewhere any, anywhere along those lines. So it was great for him. And, and I, I will – I think we'll – how can you put it? You don't want to say you're going to miss a beat because you will miss him, but I think Coach Simmons, he has enough acumen – within the quarterbacks, him being a quarterback himself to manage through the spring. And it remains to be seen if he hires someone to fill that role. And with uh, coach Henry coming back and coaching the O-line and having some offensive play calling experience from his stops when he elevated to FBS, hopefully I can uh, fill in the gap until we get a uh, suitable or until everything falls into place. And it was about this time last year, we had new coaches come in, that's when Coach Stanchek came in over the summer. We had the running back coach that came from, actually, ironically enough, Austin P. And then he just left maybe two or three weeks ago to back go back to his alma mater at Middle Tennessee. So Coach Simmons has his ear to the ground for folks who looks like they'll fit. His Rolodex is deep. Yep, and he's even said as much when he revealed last week on a podcast that Coach Black actually left, that they're looking for people that fit, not just putting – pulling someone in to fit a position, but someone who will fit the scheme, fit fit the culture at FAMU and the FAMU League. And, uh, you know, the, just uh, when it comes down, let me say this, you know, just really when it comes to the play, one of the things that I want to see and I'm excited to see is, um, you know, as Coach Simmons was talking about on his podcast last week, was the freedom that our quarterback has to get us out of bad plays and bad situations into the right position and play. And so Coach Simmons coaching those guys, getting in McKay's head, being in his ear, coaching him and letting him know, say, hey, if you're in this particular position, if you see this here, you might want to do this. And to top it all off, the guys still do have access to KJ. So if all else fails, they get confused and just bogged down to a point where they're not getting something. They can always call KJ on the phone or do a Zoom call or do something. So. And we 100% yeah, need to be Jackson State this year. <laughs> uh, definitely. Black's the third uh, coaching change of the offseason, of course. Uh, we lost also co-offensive coordinator and O-line coach Ryan Stanchek, uh, as you guys already mentioned, mm-hmm. and running backs coach Shane Tucker. Uh, Joe Henry is now – and it, it would seem to me, as you just kind of pointed out, Henry would probably be the, the sole – uh, offensive coordinator, possibly, um, you know, and then if Simmons goes back to being the uh, quarterback coach, um, you know, and, and I, it's a good problem to have. I, I think whenever your assistant coaches um, are being, you know, picked up by other places, that goes to show, uh, one, it shows as a hiring, as somebody who does the hiring that you've selected, hired, and you've hired good people, but also that, that you at some point have done a good job of developing uh, good, good staff. I mean, you know, guys, guys uh, who, you know, when they move up a level and they were under you for a couple of years, I mean, I think that says something, uh, says something positive. So yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be interesting to see how big a loss these are. Um, looking at some notes here from spring camp, obviously, uh, the Rattlers are taking a break for spring break this week. But uh, one of the stories that I'm kind of reading here from out of the Democrat, uh, of course, 
the battle at quarterback, uh, where still you have Coach Simmons not necessarily saying that Rashawn McKay is the starter. Um, I don't know if we like or dislike that. I, I I'm always one of those people that say you have if you if you have a quarterback, say you have a quarterback. This indecision stuff to me. Uh, I, I get you wanting to create competitiveness, but I think at the same time, there I, I like to see commitment. And so, if if if, if Rashawn McKay is the starter, say he's the starter, but he could lose it if he's not playing well. And so, um, this article states that McKay being pushed by transfer Jeremy Musa from uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, we already talked about him, uh, 6'3", kid coming out of uh, San Bernardino Valley College before he went to uh, Vanderbilt. Um, no word on – I'm trying to see who else is in that quarterback room that makes mention. Uh, Maritovic. Uh, yeah, we can't forget about the future, uh, Maritovic. And then uh, who else we've got, what else we've got there, Marcus? In the quarterback room? Quarterback. Yeah. And that uh, I'm listening to an article mentioned them. Yeah, so we still have um, Ja'Cory Jordan, uh, Maritovic. Um, gosh, slipping my mind now. I mean, it's seven deep in the freaking room. All seven are not going to play. I mean, everybody's basically yes. returning. Well, we, know that. we know that. Who's who's the other one from a SAP? Cameron SAP. Is he still on the roster? Cameron SAP. He's still he's in the still room. There. He's still in the room. God bless that kid. Um, find a way to get him on the field, maybe in some position. Uh, he just has up. to mature and grow up, man. And really, you know, just in my chats with KJ, you know, just really with that, it's it's important to note that the whole maturity thing and the coach's ability to trust you goes a long way with how much you, you get an opportunity to see the field. I mean, there were countless times, both with McKay and with Sapp. Uh, I mean – Sap changed the momentum in the Mississippi Valley game. I mean, we we could have gone up like another 14 points if he doesn't fumble that ball down there at the darn <laughs> inside the goal line, um, inside the I, red zone, inside the five-yard line. You know, it was the fumble on third and two that cost us the game, was one of the things that cost us the game against Jackson State. It was third and freaking two. We're at the – on their side of the field, fumbled the ball. Jackson State recovered. They didn't go anywhere. But still, if we score there, just get in field goal range, we win the game. All right. Um, yeah, a lot of people on the, on the board. Yeah, Hello? Cameron Sapp is still he's, – he's still there. So I know a lot of people are like, Sapp's still there? Yeah, Sapp's still there. <laughs> um, so, now, yeah. One other uh, thing that was mentioned, um, spring break note, he um, in the podcast with Rory, Rory Chirac and TDO, the Tallahassee Democrat, he mentioned – some normal bumps and bruises in spring camp. But he did mention that I guess we'd be rising sophomore wide receiver Jermaine Hawkins suffered a knee injury in spring spring practice. So they're hoping to have him back at some point during the season. So that wasn't really widely revealed until he mentioned something on the uh, – and Corey, Rory asked him specifically about injuries in camp, and he said that he did have that one knee injury to our, our freshman wide receiver – well, rising sophomore wide receiver. Right, right. Um, In terms of recruiting news as it relates to football, one of the big headlines that just came out today 
matter of fact, this afternoon, um, listed at, or described as one of the most versatile, versatile high school football players in Southwest Florida. Uh, that's North Fort Myers Jr. Levante, Levante Bo Somerset uh, announced that he will be playing at FAMU. He's going to, he's a three-star uh, according to rivals. Um, Somerset, a 5'11", 185 pounds. Is he a receiver or running back, Marcus? Athlete. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Athlete, and actually, uh, he played – he led them in, in offensive yards this year, uh, his particular team. And, look, he plays some of everything, quarterback, running back, wide receiver. I mean, he's an athlete. And when I watched his huddle clips, he reminds me a lot of a Zenday Ray. Mm-hmm. Even the way his running I, style – I like, I like the Zenday Ray. Some of the jukes, and he's about the same size that Azende was coming out of high school. Uh, so Mayor, he also uh, also played some as a defensive back, where he recorded mm-hmm. fifty-one tackles, two interceptions, and a fumble recovery. Um, so it'll be it'll be fun, kind of watching uh, this young man in his uh, senior year at uh, uh, at North Fort Myers. Mm-hmm. And two uh, things so, about that uh, that was interesting to me was that, number one, that's D- Coach Prime's stomping ground. So when he got an offer, yeah. he actually tweeted the offer yesterday, and then he committed today. So I was really – I was like, oh, man. You know, he's, Coach Simmons is going down in the Coach Prime's D- backyard. The other thing is, is we've seen – at least you know, some people have seen – the people who try to follow recruiting for FAMU have seen that some coaches – specifically some either in Dade County or in Southwest Florida mentioned that FAMU doesn't really come down there. So it's good to see us get a recruit from that area. We did sign someone for the class of 21, uh, a defensive back out of Naples. So it's encouraging to see that we're starting, well, not starting, but we're bearing some fruit from the effort that's being put in by the coaches to recruit Southwest Florida. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. What other what other uh, football news and notes you got for us, Marcus? Anything else that you've seen out on the recruiting trails? Oh yeah, a lot. I don't know if I have time to get to all of it, but man, we've been cranking our offers a lot in the last few weeks. Um, we've offered big a, a four star, big, big talking points. All right, the, the we offered ones. a four star defensive back out of O'Galley High School, and he's coaches are two FAMU grads. Um. Chris Sands is the head coach and former DB or yeah, former DB uh, Kyrie Hall is his position coach. And he's the number, what is he? Number 184 rated athlete for class of 2023. So we'll see if that bears fruit. Now he visited Florida state, I believe this past weekend. So, or two weekends ago, I can't remember which. So, and I don't know if he visited fam. So hopefully he'll come back around and give us exclusive time. Uh, Next one. Uh, Randy Pittman, a three-star tight end. We may have talked about him before from Mosley High School. Might have talked about him a couple sessions ago. Uh, we offered a Trovon, offered Trovon Ball, who's a offensive lineman out of Atlanta, Pace Academy. So you know they're really on their on their stuff. And Luke Rector, who's an offensive line defensive lineman out of North Carolina. So they made quite a few offers in the last few weeks, and actually a couple of 2004 offers as well so they're laying the groundwork 
for getting positions of not only of need, but of desire. Now, the big thing today, no, yesterday, you offered a four-star athlete out of Atlanta, Buford High School, who's already rated as the number three overall recruit for the class of 2024, a wide receiver, K.J. Bolden. And so he's a 6'0", 180 athlete. He plays a wide receiver, but has the ability to play both sides of the ball. And we made it to him. He made the all-region team, and his team won the state championship in Class 6A. State of Georgia. always in the mix. Yeah, they're always in the mix between them and Grayson and a few other teams that you always recognize as being near the top. So that's also offered one of uh, Mr. Somerset's classmates a year behind. He's in class of 2024, uh, Jaden Jones. So there's been a lot going on the last week where it was quiet, you know, the first couple of weeks of spring camp and you're wondering what's going on, but they've kind of more than made up for it. And I haven't even gotten to the list of people that's supposed to visit. And there's been a few recruits who said they're either visiting on March 20th, which is when we come back from spring break, and a few that are going to be there for the orange and green game, or at least they're saying they're going to be there April 9th, which is the orange and green game. So at least two or three have put out tweets to that effect as well. So they're continuing to continue to put us out there and get our names in the mouths and in the minds of the recruits for 23 and 24. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got to add something. I want to, I want to kind of pivot for a quick second from off of, uh, off of that good stuff, Marcus. And I think there's a bit of a tie in here with football, but I'm wondering from, from our Rattlers who are out there watching, if any of you guys have been a part or signed up yet for this Rattlers local exchange uh, powered by Influencer, uh, by going to uh, famuathletics.com to give your business or your organization an opportunity to get connected with FAMU student athletes. Uh, we talk about how uh, name, image, and likeness deals are going to have an impact. Uh, we've seen it have an impact at some HBCUs already. Um, but when we have opportunities put forth, like this program that's set up, uh, Rattlers Local Exchange, how many of us have taken advantage of it? Uh, those of you who are businesses, uh, or, or uh, organizations out there? Have you connected? Have you put your business out there? Is there, is there an opportunity in which you can connect with some of these student athletes at FAMU? Um, if you go, I was just kind of bumping around on the page. Uh, if you go to famuathletics.com and then you go and take a look at that Rattlers local exchange, it gives you an opportunity there to, to log in and then instantly, once you do, you can uh, you can essentially by requesting access, you can put your business entity profile uh, there. You can put your personal profile in and your contact information. And I'm assuming uh, it, it gives you that, but you part of this database, which uh, you know, if you have an opportunity or you want to try to connect in with certain athletes, uh, you can. Uh, and I bring all that up because the news just came out that um, Florida State just recently started doing something very similar with the with the organization that uh, I think McKenzie Milton 
who formerly was at UCF, uh, but then transferred to Florida State after finally being a, um, a pro, or I guess once he got through his injury, which took him out of football for a couple years. But he started um, that service, and I guess they've got, I'm not going to give out their webpage, but Florida State started something. But it just got me to thinking, we talk about opportunities for HBCUs and HBCU athletes. Well, here's a here's a portal. Here's an opportunity. Here's an avenue for us to connect. Are we doing that? I'd, I'd love to be able to hear from folks who are doing it. So, I mean, if you're one of those businesses that have signed up with the Rattler Local Exchange, send us an email, send us a thought. I'd, we'd love to have you on the show and kind of just talk about what we, I, 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 there's so much that we're still learning. Put it like that. Every state's different. I mean, Kofi and I were talking before the show about trying to find people who 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 understand the differences in these laws in different states. Or is it you and I, Marcus? I mean, you, we've all talked about it in some form mm-hmm. of fashion. We're all trying to find out how the rules in Florida differ from other other states because every state has its own set of rules and laws. So I, I think it's real important that we we try to give as much information uh, to folks about Florida because Florida uh, Florida is where our home base is in terms of our student athletes, and so the more we know, the more we're able to uh, to help them out. And uh, any final thoughts, Kofi, before we before we wrap up? Any final thoughts on today's? Yeah, uh, um, any number of. I just want to circle back because um, Brother Sweet asked, you know, what's our marching orders going forward? The marching orders going forward, just like with any uh, movement, you need to talk to the people that are the decision makers on the highest of seven hills. So that's President Robinson. That's Larry Robinson at FAMU.edu. That's Greg Clark. That's uh, A.D. Gaucher, um, reaching out to them and explaining to them, uh, putting a request that there needs to be more communication. Now, uh, again, understanding what's really at stake is it's also our responsibility to put together a strategic plan to address the Board of Governors. We should not let the Board of Governors go this summer without addressing them. The 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 whole um National Alumni Association Conference is going to be at FAMU this summer. So if we are not present and we don't have an opportunity to address, if we don't take this opportunity to address the Board of Trustees and give them our expectations, then it's our fault. So we've got to take it, we've got to take it to the people and let them know what's being done currently right now is unacceptable. Courtney needs to know exactly where he's going, what's going on with that. We need to know what's going on. We need to know why exactly uh, we are where we are right now in regards to his contract. We want to see, you know, if we want to see him stay, we need to put that out there, you know, mm-hmm. and how we can we get that done. That's what we need to know. If he's not staying, we also need to know why. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And not keep all this stuff in the I don't, dark. I don't like Evelyn, don't bring me no bad news. Don't, don't bring me. No bad news. I need to know what's going on ahead of time. Like your mom used to tell you, I'm coming down to that school now. Is there anything you need to tell me before I get down there? You know, so. And you lie. You say uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, mama, no. This Everything is good. Everything is all real. Right. All right. Now, if I go down there, if I go down there and I find out something is off, 
It's going to be me and you. Do you understand me? So I'm going to ask you once again, is there anything that I need to know? All right. So, <laughs> no, but seriously, we have to actively engage. So the marching orders start because we know what we need. We need a bigger budget. So you're writing President Robinson. You let them know, hey, we need a bigger budget. Everybody don't trust these. We need a bigger athletic budget because that's the only way you're going to really be able to solve our APR issues, our, uh, you know, the other issues in regards to um, equipment, I want to say facilities, coaching, all the stuff that we talked about on tonight can only be solved with money and a greater commitment from the top. So let's let me it. add, let me add, because you said to make sure to type in there and make sure to write, we need a bigger, make sure to make sure you make sure you ask, how do we get an increase in the budget? Yeah, don't yeah. ask yes, no questions. Don't ask affirmative sta or statements. Don't don't make statements. Ask them how. Word it in a way that makes them give a response that gives you the answer you're looking for. So we want the budget to increase to 12, 12.5, 13. How it do need we need to be? Let's, I mean, we really should be going for about 15 if you're talking about really doing it. We can get about 13 to 12. I think that'll be good. But nine ask, is not going to cut it. Nine is not nine. Well, nine is not divine. I get it. Nine is not divine. That ain't gonna get us. I see what you did there. Okay. So yeah, no, good point. No, yes. Ask, but we have to ask it in a way. We have to say how. And then uh, you know, then we have to ask the questions. Why hasn't AD Gaucher been offered an extension? Make the people ask and answer. Ask and make them answer the tough questions and listen because, that, that nope. has to be there has to be a plethora of us that support you know and i think if you like gaucher then you put in there all the things that he's done up to this point we want to know why hasn't he been offered an extension that gives us stability long term and he can continue to build on it again y'all the ones that sat up there and hired a young ad without experience thinking that he wasn't going to make some measure of mistakes Y'all brought him up here, okay? Not us, y'all. So let's work with him to make sure that he's, as long as he ain't destroying that, if he's destroying the university, then we need to know that too. Um, you know, and break all that down so that he can be held accountable. But anyway, y'all hired him, okay? So we need to, at this point, we just want to know where we are now, where we are going, and how we going to get there. And, uh, and if you want to apply the same thing to our to our coaches, hey, their email address is right there on FAMU Athletics as well. And I'm sure they'll take time to address it. But again, uh, you know, ask ask the ask the questions that are going to get you answers uh, that you want, and stay away from the yes nos and making statements. They don't have time. Don't have time to hear your statements. Let them know. Let them know one that you support in the program, uh, and and then hey, how, how, what can I do? Let's some self accountability. What can I do to help you, coach? Listen, I, I mean, I'm telling y'all, I've had to go to the darn board of trustees meeting and make a statement. So, you know, one person making a statement is big. You get a hundred people saying the same exact thing, it's going to be a big deal. You get a thousand people well, saying if, the same exact thing, well, if, it's going to make a big deal. If nobody impression. else is going, if nobody's going up there this summer, Kofi will go. We will stand behind him, with him. 
We'll record it if they let us record it, <laughs> and we'll put it out there for the people. But we'll stand with him. We'll start drafting the look. Look, he's already said he'll do it, folks. Let's just start putting – we'll start working on the draft now. We'll start working on the draft. Uh, we, we, you know, we, we're going to start this thing right – start it off right. Kofi goes to the board. That That's the name of the new segment. Kofi goes to the board. There we go. Uh, Marcus, any final thoughts as we get ready to get out of here? Well, the weather's warming up. At least where I am, it's probably already warm down there. So I'm just looking forward to more Rattler athletics, uh, getting into conference play, getting some baseball wins, softball wins, outdoor track, and just going on from there. <laughs> All right. Good deal, good deal. No off script. We we not saving it for the afterglow. We gonna we gonna we gonna put it out here first, and then we <laughs> and then we let you and then we let you have it afterwards. Doggone it. We all we all going to the board. We marching as one. We marching as one. Hey, uh, my final thought and story here. Uh, no, we appreciate everybody on the uh, on the chats for checking in. Um, hey, the the story of uh, Jarvis Brownlee at Florida state is about the, I had to bring this up as I close because the headline reads report Florida state DB becomes first college player to hold out due to lack of NIL deal. This comes from a site called totalprosports.com, but I think I read it on another site. I don't know how true all of this is, but according to I'm reading from this, article here it says according to ingram smith of the knoll cast which i guess is the number one fsu football podcast in the nation florida state quarterback jarvis brownlee seems to be holding out of practice because he has not received an nil deal from anybody uh reading a quote uh from a tweet here mark march 9th ingram smith says the jarvis brownlee situation is an interesting one And I'm sure there are two sides to every story. As I understand it, the frustration is not about the lack of an NIL deal. IMO, which is, in my opinion, there was one present. From what I have heard, Brownlee did not meet the minimum requirement of the agreement. And as such, compensation has either been delayed or will not be occurring. Now, you shared something real interesting, Marcus, about Mr. Brownlee. Uh, what was that you shared with me earlier? Oh, yeah. We um, I think we actually offered him two or three years ago. I can't remember. He's one out of, out of one of the Miami high schools. I can't remember if it's Carroll City or Central or Northwestern, but we did offer him. And then, you know, he got a Florida State offer, and then he, he jumped on. You know, he made his choice. And I'm not saying that in a bad way or any way, but just interesting that I don't know how all this cascaded and, how it got to this point. You know, we did offer him initially probably one of his first couple of offers as a junior or see, I could look it up and figure and find out, but yeah, we did offer him an opportunity to come play for FAMU. Yeah. uh, So, I mean, just um, talk about a, a, just a series of bad headlines that, I mean, just, just hangs. I, I just can't imagine somebody's actually, holding out there for an nil i mean like come on man, we really? got dbs bro oh we don't need yeah. a db yeah i'm just saying in general though uh yeah so i don't know if the kid is 
uh, off script saying the kids said they said he's ineligible. I I don't know, man. Look, it, it's a bad pre- press look. It's a bad look when you're holding out, especially in college. For NIL, you're doing that in college. The know. pros gonna be looking at you like Negro, please. No, <laughs> you holding out in college and don't have boy, please go somewhere and sit down. Yeah, yeah, we All offered right, him in do May of 2018. He's a class of 2019 graduate. Carroll City High School. All right. Carroll City High School. Well, hey, no judgment. All right, then. Uh, all the best to Mr. Brownlee, and uh, hopefully he finds what he's looking for out there in that uh, space. And uh, for everybody else here, want to encourage you again one more time, go NCAA.com. Join our March Madness Bracket Challenge. The tournament starts in just over 12 hours uh, tomorrow at noon. Uh, real quick, uh, have you guys filled out your brackets yet? Have you put? Have you thought about that? Have you put a bracket together? No, no, no. I gave up. I ain't studying that darn bracket. After everything, oh, I ain't got time for that stupid bracket. But yeah, but I, that's okay because you can still join. You can still join. Show <laughs> plug here. You can still join the BCSN Black College Sports Network Bracket Challenge. Be a part of our group. Uh, again, NCAA.com. The group name is My BCSN Space 2022. The uh, group password is MIAC SWAC. That's all capital mm-hmm. letters, capital MIAC SWAC. So encourage you guys to go sign up, be a part of it, and uh, we'll go from there. So uh, that's going to do it for this show. Uh, we appreciate uh, all of you guys for uh, chatting and being where you're at. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button. Those of you who are watching, just go ahead and hit that one good time for me. Like the broadcast. Uh, Hey, again, there's plenty of ways that you can support our show. Um, You can go on Google, uh, actually on the uh, Spotify or Anchor. There's a link there where you can can support the podcast, BCSN Podzone. You can go to myjbn.com slash support. Support the Black College Sports Network there. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on your Google or Apple Play Store. Just search my JBN and my BCSN. And as always, hopefully you are already following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Um, again, got to give a shout out to, to our guest from the first segment, first hour, Evan Galloway of Twitter, uh, who, who shared with us how that Twitter communities was set up, how it came to be. And so shout out to that team of Rattlers at Twitter.com or Twitter Inc. that helped make that thing a reality. Hopefully all of you, if you're on Twitter, go sign up to be a part of that community. FAMU Twitter, uh, it's a great place to be. And uh, that's going to do it. We want to thank our producer, Melody, for uh, hanging with us in here. We went a little extra time, so I know she's ready to get off the air. We appreciate you, Mel. And uh, uh, hopefully Kelvin is doing well with his assignment and we'll make him report back to us next week. For Marcus Green, thanks for jumping in. That's Kofi Hemingway. I'm Brian Fulford. Rattlers, be safe, be smart. Make sure to strike, strike, and strike again, Rattler Nation. All right, see you guys. Peace out. Thank you.